with James chapter number one. The book of James chapter one. Book of James chapter one. Kind of towards the back, if you're trying to find it. It's after Hebrews. James 1. Does anybody know what I mean by um, going through the desert time? I, um, I think I've, I might have set the record for being in the desert. Um, we've, James chapter 1. We, you, know, you, you talk about being in the desert, you think about the Israelites who were uh, just given the bare provision of the Lord, we, we oftentimes, um, when we get on to them for their complaining, right? But if you think about it, they, they basically had uh, flour and water to eat for 40 years. And every once in a while, quail. Um, anybody in here, how would you like flour and water to eat for, for even a year? Well, you can bake it, you can mash it, you can... Roll it into dumplings and drop it in water. <laughs> you can have quail every once in a while. <laughs> okay, so but that's kind of what the manna was, right? So being in the desert is a time where, where when you're tested, you've got trials. Sometimes it's persecution. Sometimes it's internal. Um, it seems like you're you, you're not walking in complete provision, but you're you're just trudging and getting through and and just getting by, and there's, there's pressure on you. There's pressure on you to, um, sometimes it's pressure to give up. Sometimes it's pressure to sin. Sometimes it's, it's pressure to not follow after the Lord. Sometimes it's pressure to rebel. The, the, the Israelites rebelled oftentimes in the, desert, in the desert. Or sometimes it's pressure to just not obey. You know, that you, you, you give up. The desert is, is a pressure cooker if you will. I have, I've got a good friend of mine who, um, and, and he's told me, he, he's going through the desert right now, and he said, Ryan, it, you can feel free to use me as an illustration anytime. And he, he called me up, uh, it's been a, a number of months ago now, and, and things just kind of blew up in his company. He had somebody who stole um, a large sum of money from the company, and then between between that and then uh, interest rates going up, and he's in a he's in a, a field where that makes a huge difference because he had uh, has a lot of money tied up in properties, and and um, he's he's just barely got his head above water and trying to figure out how to just keep his head above water on a, on a daily basis. And uh, he's a strong Christian. He's a, he's actually an ordained minister, and he called and. And he's he's telling me all these things. I said, I said, brother, I have, I have been through the desert. I said, in fact, I've named all the cacti, and uh, I will introduce you. I I will I will be your tour guide. So let let me walk you through. I said, I've been I've I've had other people walk me through. I've been through, uh, so that I can walk others through. And uh, he's he's still going through it. I think many of us at times. I'm, I hope and pray that nobody ever goes through the desert as long as I have been. I think Ruth and I have been through you know, 20 plus years 
in the desert time and are, and are coming out on the other side. And uh, it's really good to, to start seeing the, the promise and the provision of the Lord and to walk in that provision. But when you find yourself in the desert, when you find yourself um, struggling, and it, it, a lot of times it's no fault of your own because I mean, you, you, you can put yourself in the desert if you want to, right? You can, you can get into sin or you can walk away from the Lord. You can, you can just kind of say, Lord, no, I don't want to. I'm going to go the other direction. But a lot of times it's not that. It's God leads you out into the desert. He leads you into the desert. What do you do when you have found yourself in the desert? What is it? How do you function? How do you act? What is it that you need to do in order to get the most out of the experience and get through unharmed, for the most part, on the other side? Let's look at, at James, starting in verse 1. It says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, this is, this is Jesus' brother, James. This is not uh, the apostle that James called, or I'm sorry, that Jesus called, um, you know, brother of John. This is, this is Jesus' brother, James. So he is, if you would, an ascension gift apostle. He, he came in along as an apostle um, after Jesus uh, was uh, dead, buried, and raised again. Uh, J- James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and who um, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let me... Um, so how do you push through the desert, the trials, to become to, to that place of maturity in faith that, that the Lord wants you to be. Now, I, I usually don't start out with a rabbit trail, but let me take a quick rabbit trail here because I want to uh, emphasize that the, the way James starts, says uh, James, uh, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. This is one of the more theologically explosive introductions to uh, any epistle. Usually it's I, Paul, called as apostle of Jesus Christ, to those I love at Philippi, grace and peace to you and, and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless, you know, it's, 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 there's kind of, you know, when you write a letter, right, you write, dear Ruth, or um, to so-and-so, or to whom it may concern. Very similarly, that's how they started their letters. They had kind of a form that they went through, and it wasn't always the same, but it had... Uh, a little bit of variety, but they had this form that they started the letters with. This is a little bit different. To the twelve tribes scattered abroad, greetings. There weren't twelve physical tribes of Israel at that time. They had, uh, most of them had been uh, dispersed already. The um, they, they, had, they had been intermingled with uh, other 
people groups. And so they, there weren't the 12 tribes. This is a theologically explosive language. I, I say explosive, in, in, not, not in that it, was, it blew something up, but it, it burst into the scene with this book to say, the church, you all are Israel. You are Israel. You are children of Abraham. You are, you are um, part of the seed of promise. All the promises in Scripture are yours because you are grafted in to that holy seed. You are part of the 12 tribes. Do not, do not think that there, is, you know, there are 12 tribes of Israel and then there's the, the church. No, the Israel are those who have faith in Jesus Christ because he is the, the new, he's the seed. He is the one that came. He is the promised child of Abraham. So you are either grafted into Jesus or you are not a part of Israel. To the twelve tribes scattered abroad. Greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. There are, there are a few scriptures I think that if I could rip out of the Bible, I have to admit, this is one that um, I'm not there yet. When I encounter various trials, I try to hang on. Okay, but I think this is one of those. This is one of those scriptures that you know. Jesus said, um, he he said some big things like, um, "Be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect." And you sit there and scratch your head and say, "Wait a second, I'm flesh and blood. I'm just a bunch of clay and spit. You know, how can I be perfect like my heavenly Father is perfect?" It's one of those things that, that you strive for, but you never really quite get there. It's kind of hyperbolic. You know, it's, it's something that's it's big, grand language that you say, okay, I know he's perfect, I know I'm not, but I'm going to do my very best to be like him. And I think this is very similar. I'm not, I think some people can get there. I think a lot of us have, have to have this as a goal, to say, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials and persecutions, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So how do you push through the trials into a more mature faith? Um, number one, you need to, need to focus on the, the product. Okay, Keep your focus on the product. And what, what I mean by this is there is a there's a reason for it. And the reason that God takes you through the desert is not to kill you. Okay? Some of us, you, that's what you feel like, right? I, I'm either, I, I'm, God's trying to kill me here. No, he's not trying to kill you. All right? He, he may be trying to kill pieces of you that don't look like him. But he's not trying to kill you in the desert. What he wants to do is to bring you to a place of maturity where the, the desert time, the testing, the trial will bring forth endurance 
endurance in your faith so that you'll be able to believe more, that you'll be able to stand longer, so that you'll be able to have faith for more. So when you find yourself in the desert, focus on the products. Focus on where is God taking me in this? Not on the desert itself. Okay, there is a purpose. There's a purpose that, you be, that you're in the desert and the trials, and that purpose is for God to, to bring about a maturity in you that will leave you a different person and a better person at the end. I know um, a number of years ago, I was, I was, we were at a church, and, and um, uh, the the pastor came in into my office one day and, and he said he said he said Ryan you're probably um, the, uh, the the smartest guy on, on staff you've got one of the best work, work ethics but we're going to go a different direction I'm going to bring in an administrator so we're going to cut your position <laughs> I said great I've got my first baby on the way thank you very much and it was, it was a time that the Lord really brought us into the desert. And we, we really had to wrestle with a whole lot of things. Of, you know, what are we going to do? Am I, am I going to, am, do I going to find another job? Are we going to stay at this church? Um, do I need to be in the ministry? What, what is this that we need to do? And we really had to wrestle and we went, went through this process. And then just a, not too long ago when we left... Um, uh, another church, and it was more, well, it was partly our choosing, but um, what we were able to tell people is, is this. Um, this was a really, really, really trying and very, very difficult time, but what we said is we're glad it happened to us and not to somebody else because we were able to say, look, we're going to be okay. It was hard, yes. Do I ever want to go through it again? No. Do I wish this on anybody else? No. Absolutely not. It was horrible, terrible, bad, awful, no good. Don't ever want to do it again. But we knew that we were going to stay the course. Whereas some people, if this had happened to, they would have said, see, I don't want to be in ministry anymore. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go do something else. I treat, get treated a whole lot better in the world than I do in the church. So I am going to say, see ya. But we said, and I, I told people this. I told other pastors this. I said, look, we're glad it happened to us and not to somebody else. Because other people would have given up. And we, we knew that we would keep on going. How were we able to do that? Because we had been there. The testing and trials that we had already been through brought us to a point of endurance in our faith that we could go through another really, really, really hard time but say, we are going to stand. We know we're going to be okay. God just brought us here to teach us, to strengthen us, and to continue to strengthen our faith and bring us to a point of endurance so that we could get through this time and not shipwreck. So when you're, when you're in the trial, when you're in the, in the time of the desert time in your life, focus on the product. Focus on what is God trying to do? What's he trying to build in me? What's, what area of faith is he trying to grow? 
Focus on the product, not on your desert experience. Okay? If you, if you focus on the desert itself, it will, it will it'll destroy you in many ways. And I've been there too. Okay? I'm not saying I did it perfectly. By, by no means did I do it perfectly. A lot of times, I spent many times crying out to the Lord. You can, I've, got, I've got probably a stack of, of a prayer journal about like this for me crying out to God saying, what are you doing to me? Okay? Calling up people, on, uh, good friends of mine saying, do you have a word for me because I think I'm going to die here. <laughs> no, you're not going to die. Why does God want to kill me? Okay? Focus on the product. There's a... Um, Let me give you a, a couple of. Um, let me give you a couple of quotes. Uh, this is one of the commentaries. It said a battle-tested soldier, the heroic warrior for the faith is highly valued. Or to change to a, to a more accurate metaphor, the tempered metal is more precious than the raw material. So says James. Testing does a service for the Christian. For the virtue of fortitude comes out of the process, however slow and painful it may be. And um, uh, John Alley is writing a book, and this is out of his um, new book he's writing. So we must be clear, without having experienced failure, privation, sacrifice, opposition, and betrayal, while keeping a pure heart, without bitterness, without rancor, without self-pity, a leader cannot be trusted with greater authority. And he even, uh, he said that he, he had heard that uh, in the early church, if someone had not experienced failure, that they would not trust them as, as in leadership. If they had not experienced failure, they, would, they wouldn't completely trust them. So the process, however long and however arduous that is, Focus on the product. Focus on what is God doing. What is he bringing me through? If you don't know what that is, ask. Ask him. Lord, what are you trying to grow in me? What are you trying to mature? What are you trying to bring me towards? So that you can focus on that and not focus on the, um, the process itself. Or the, you don't want to keep your mind on the, the desert things that are happening. So you focus on the product, then on the um, on the process itself. Um, it's it's a it's a process, and not just don't. Let me read this first, and I'll I'll tell you where I'm going. Um, starting in verse five, it says, "But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously, and without reproach, and it will be given to him." If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously without reproach and it will be given to him. The idea here is that the wisdom is so that you can get through the desert that you're in. Wisdom and knowledge differ. A lot of times you know, we, we think, oh, well, God, will you, will you give us knowledge? And knowledge is good. Knowledge is something that you don't know. Wisdom is what do you do with, the, with what you do know. Okay? Knowledge is giving, being given something you don't know, then you know it. Wisdom is what do you do with what you do know. So how do you get 
through the, the desert time? How do you get through this time of trial? And, and you ask the Lord for wisdom inside the process. Ask Him for wisdom inside the process. Lord, what do you need me to do right now in order to keep going? What do you need me to do right now in order to keep getting through this process? And let me tell you, a lot of it is, a lot of it's grace. A lot of it's grace. I was, I was telling my, my buddy the other, um, just probably a couple weeks ago, because he was telling me everything that was going on, and I said, look, God is trying to build you in this process. He's, he's, he's bringing you to another level of authority by taking you through this process. He is going to, he's going to bring you into a place um, he, so that you can handle the provision that he's going to give you. And I, I, I told him, he's, the Lord's going to dump more and more stuff in your lap. I said, you don't, I, I said, you've got the, the Joseph anointing where you need more, you need more storehouses. I'd love to be able to walk into a bank and say, your bank's not big enough for me. You can't hold all the money that God's going to give to me. Right? That's the idea. You need bigger storehouses. I said, that's what God's bringing you to. He's bringing you to a point that, he, that you can handle the, the storehouse that he's going to give to you. I said, don't pray for an out. Don't pray that God will stop the process. Because that's, that's what we want to do, right? We want to say, God, get me out of here. Lord, would you give me a break? Would you please stop this? Lord, let me just step over the line and get into the promise. Would you, would you quit the fire, Lord? And instead of that, what we need to do is pray for wisdom in the process. How do I navigate this and navigate it well so I get to the other end? Lord, give me grace in the midst of this so that I go from point A to point B and I get to the end and I learn everything that you want me to learn so I don't have to go circle back and go through it again. So in the midst of the process, what do you do? You, you say, okay, Lord, give me the wisdom here so I can learn the, the things I need to learn and so that I can navigate through this process so that I can get to the other side knowing and en enduring and getting the full measure of the maturity that you want me to have. When I get out of this process, I will be a different person. But don't shortchange it. Don't shortchange the process. I, mean, I remember reading in a counseling book years ago that um, they, they warned against this in, in counseling. It, it said, you know, people oftentimes come in and they're in the midst of the process. And what, as a counselor, what you'll want to do is to rescue them from the process. They said, don't do that. Let them help them through the process, but don't rescue them. Let them get through the process that they need to get through so they will be changed and so they will be a different person so that they will be able to leave the things they need to leave behind. They'll be able to learn the things they need to learn. And when they get through the other side, they will be a more mature, more complete Christian. If you, if you're, if you rescue them in the middle, then they're going to have to go through it again. 
So don't rescue them. And likewise, with us, if it's just, if when you're going through the desert, when you're going through the process, don't pray that you have a stop to get off at. Pray for grace and wisdom to get through. Pray for grace and wisdom to get through. So the first thing is, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? Right? What's, what's the product? What's, what, what, am I, what are you trying to get me to so that you can have a focus, that you're not focusing on all the bad stuff going on? Okay, you're not focusing on the cacti that are growing. You're not focusing on the sand. Okay? You could be like the Israelites and say, uh, Dear God, what am I supposed to eat? Oh, all you've given me is all this, this lousy manna to eat. Right? You don't want to focus on that. What you want to focus on is the promised land. Lord, where are you taking me? Okay, now, what am I supposed to learn in the process? Give me, help me to learn. Give me the wisdom to get through and the grace to be able to reach the end. But don't shortchange the process. Dear Lord, don't shortchange the process in me, but let, let me get all the way through. And let me tell you, God loves you. He's not doing these things to hurt you. He's not doing these things to kill you. He loves you. And if he did not know that you could get through the process, he wouldn't have put you in it in the first place. Now, having said that, I'm not talking about those things that we put ourselves into. Right by sin or by rebellion, by rejection, by right, we can put our own selves into the processes in a way that God doesn't want us to be there. He can get you through that too. Okay, but what I am saying is, when God leads you into a desert time, when God leads you into the trials, He He will lead you there because He intends for you to get all the way through. And he would not put you there if if He did not know that you could you can get all the way through that's his his plan he's not going to give you more than what um, he's not going to give you more than what you can handle I mean oftentimes it feels like it and I've been there but as long as you stick with it as long as you are continuing to follow after him he will bring you to the end. And that's, that's the goal, is to get us all to the, you know, it's, it's like in the military. Everybody gets to the end. Everybody gets there. So how do we get through to the, to the final, to the goal, through the trials? Focus on the product. Focus on the process. And focus on persevering. Um, look here at verse 6. He must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Um, James actually coins this word. It's, um, it, it's literally double-souled. Okay, two two sold. What 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 he's trying to say here is that um, 
you have to be sold out for God. You know, the Lord in, in, the, in the law, it says, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? With all of you, all, not all of you, but all of you, right? You need to, um, you, you need to have all of you sold out for God. Every part, not double-minded, not, not, oh, I'm going to serve a little bit here and, a little, and serve other, something else here. Not, not, I'm going to serve him on Sunday and serve him on Wednesday and, and um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you know, I'm doing something else. It's I, my heart, soul, mind, body, strength, everything I've got, I'm into, I'm into God. I'm following after him. I'm listening to him. I'm, I'm pressing hard. I, I'm sold out. He said the, the double-minded, the double-souled person, for those who are not um, uh, preserving and persevering in, in, the, in the faith, that they shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. And that's kind of harsh. Okay? But what, what he wants is for us to believe. This is, this is about our faith, a, a faith change. Going from smaller faith to a greater faith. From a faith that may not be able to endure to a faith that can endure, from a faith that that um, may wonder or doubt to a faith that is maybe not perfect but stronger, that you can believe for more. How do you do that? You're completely, completely sold out. You're you're believing him with your your heart, mind, body, and strength. It, you know, I, um, uh, years ago, a pastor of mine used to say all the time, what, what you believe is what you do. Everything else is just religious talk. What you believe is what you do. Everything else is just religious talk. Are you putting all of you into it? Are you, are you, um, you know, faith, the word faith there, we, we have a similar notion of what the Greek word is. Um, you might have a, a, a good faith payment, right? Have you heard of that? So you, you put down money or something in good faith. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purchase this, um, but I don't have all the cash with me. Can I, can I put a good faith payment down and then come back later in, with the rest of the money? Yes. In the Greek, the, the faith there is, I, I believe enough to put everything on the line for this. I believe enough to do something about it. I believe enough to lay it on the line. That's the, that's the idea of faith here. So do you believe enough with your, your heart, soul, mind, and strength to keep going through the process? to follow after the Lord no matter how dark it is. To say, Lord, give, will you give me the wisdom, will you give me the knowledge, and when he says, I want you to take a ride at the next, at the next stoplight, and you look and it's a dark alley in the middle of the night, you say, no, I think I'll go this way. Or do you have the faith enough to say, okay, Lord, if you're going to take me through this dark time, I'm going to go anyway. Are you willing to lay it all on the line?
That's what the Lord's wanting to do, all of us to do, is to be able to lay it all on the line. When you're going through the desert time, are you going to believe and lay it all on the line? Are you looking, are you looking for a stop to do your own thing? Let me tell you, the, the Lord's got all the time in the world. If you want to go left when he says to go right, he'll wait on you. He'll keep waiting until you finally say, okay, Lord, I'll go the way you, you want me to go. Let me tell you, don't do that, please. He'll wait. He's patient. He'll wait for years and years and years until you finally say, okay, I'm done. I'm done running. I'm going to come back. Lay it all on the line. Believe and follow after him. You know, as we go through the as we go through the desert time, as we go through the the process that he wants us to go through. And everybody if look here, you're either you're either in it, have been through it, or you're going to get into it. Okay? All right? Don't think this isn't for you. You're either in it now and this will help. You'll be in it soon, okay, and this will help. Or you've just come through and you can say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> when the next one comes along, you know, I'll, I'll have a better, a better knowledge of what to do. All right? So what do you, what do, you do? Number one, focus. Where is where's God taking me? He wants to do something good in you. It's not, to, it's not to kill you. Maybe to kill some of the flesh and some of the rebellion or some of the some stuff that's in you that, he, that doesn't look like him. But he wants to better you in the process. When you're in the process, keep going through the process. Okay, focus on Him. Ask, ask Him, Lord, how, how can I navigate this to the best of my ability? What do I have? What knowledge do I have right now? Or what can you show me? How can, how can I do this, Lord, so that it's, it's glorifying you and I don't shortchange the process? Because the process is, is the process for a reason. And then finally... Are you sold out in your faith? Heart, mind, body, soul, strength. Are you laying it all down? Are you complaining? Are you complaining or are you saying, no, I'm going to follow? Are you, do you just want to get out? Or are you going to say, no, I'm going to follow? You want to quit? I would hate to tell you how many times I said, Lord, I quit. Are you going to follow? Okay, I'm going to get up the next day. Lord, I'm going to follow today. I'm going to follow today. When you're going through the desert, if you need a, if you need a um, tour guide, I'm your man. Okay? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the road map. Because my goal is to get everybody there, okay, through the desert to the point that, that you are a better person than where you were. You're more mature. You've got a stronger faith. You've got a, a, um, a better grasp on who you are, who, who God wants you to be, and who the Lord is. And let me pray for you this morning.
And as you, um, as you bow your head and close your eyes, I want to ask this question. Because um, I, I want to, for, for those of you who are in the desert, I want to pray for you this morning specifically. So um, if, you, if you would, um, if, you want to, if you'd say, Ryan, I, that is me. I'm, I am in the desert time. I know I'm there. I'm struggling to get through. I need, I need some help. Um, would, you, would you mind just kind of raising your hand, just wave at me a little bit? Thank you. All right. Let me, let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray for these wonderful, wonderful people. Lord, thank you so much for them. Lord, thank you that um, they recognize they're in that time that you have brought them into a place where they need to rely more and more and more upon you. And Lord, for each one of them, I pray that you won't quit. Lord, that you will bring them fully to the, to the place you want them to be. You'll bring them all the way through. And I pray that they won't quit. That they won't look for a, a side trip to get off on, or a side road, or a, the next stop. Say, I'm just getting off here. I'll catch you later, Lord. Pray that your Holy Spirit will be upon them in such a way that they will not quit. That your Holy Spirit will, will continue to pull them and tug them. That is, as David said, don't take your Holy Spirit from them. Lord, I pray for grace abundant grace in the midst of the desert abundant grace grace to get up in the morning grace to get done what they need to get done during the day grace to to succeed grace to survive Lord give them abundant grace give them wisdom help them to navigate all the pitfalls so they get through without getting um, or they walk through the fire and don't smell like, like smoke. Give them wisdom on how to get through and learn everything that you want them to learn so they don't have to repeat the process. Lord, and I pray for encouragement I think that's when, when one, was one of the biggest things going through the desert was to be being discouraged. Lord, I pray that you'll bring them encouragement, bring people alongside of them that will encourage them, that will help them, that will spur them on, that will um, be, a, be a shoulder to cry on or, or will somebody who will push them from behind or pull them from the front, however it needs to be, to, to get them through. Bring wonderful Christian brothers and sisters along who will help them through the process where that when they can't get up they'll have somebody to pull them up. In Jesus' name. And Lord, I, I speak a blessing 
upon each person here, their family members. Lord, let them be blessed in their going out, blessed in their coming in. Let the works of their hands be blessed. Let no harm come to them, no sickness or disease come anywhere near them or their household. Lord, go before them, be their rear guards. And to you be all the glory and honor and power forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen.